Welcome to Under the Wayne Helmet. For Thomas Gwines and Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Simmons. In week one, the Wolverines won handedly over Colorado State 51-7. The Wolverines generated 440 total yards with 234 coming on the ground, while the defense held CSU to just over 200 yards. So, Thomas, what did you think of uh, Saturday's performance? Saturday's performance was everything that it was supposed to be. Um, again, early on in the season and playing what I consider to be um, non-Power 5 football, if you will, um, these are all of the things that should have taken place. Let's not get caught up in some of the gaudy numbers and the statistics in which the Wolverines did put up because, as I said before, keyword is should have. These are things that were supposed to have to come to fruition. So with that being said, um, definitely uh, pleased with how the game went, obviously, but um, still not putting too much. I'm, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid as of yet, so to speak. Right. And why is that? It's because of the fact, like I said, these were the things that were supposed to have happened when you look at the opponent which we played, when you look at their past record, um, the things in which they were doing both offensively and defensively. Um, it, it, this was definitely a situation or, or a perfect storm, if you will, for the Wolverines to be successful. Yeah, it seemed like they rolled really good over uh, Colorado State. It looked really good offensively. The running game was looking great, like I said. Um, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, they were supposed to do this. Right. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm glad they did, because I think if it would have been a 14-3 win, I think we'd be having a completely different conversation around oh, here right now. So there, There's no doubt. I mean – Obviously, it was one of those situations where we handily won the game, mm -hmm. um, which we could have pitched that shutout. But like I said, I, I completely concur with, with your sentiments that if the Rams made this anything close, then the conversation uh, would, would be totally different. The complexion of the, of the conversation would be, you know, it, are, are people hitting the panic mode? Mm -hmm. So um, with that being said, Obviously, you know, we're comfortable getting ready to come into this Hawaii game against the Rainbow Warriors, another Mountain West team. Um, I think the expectations are the same, possibly even looking for a bigger margin of victory just after what I watched with the Rainbow Warriors versus Vanderbilt in their first game mm -hmm. and uh, West Western Kentucky in the second game against the Hillshoppers. Um, the Rainbow Warriors, you know, Try hard team, um, just don't necessarily have the premium ingredients to put forth the type of entree one would expect at a at a uh, top flight restaurant, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. They just recruiting's tough, you know. They don't have the budget that a lot of the top team top tier teams have. Um, getting guys to you know go out to Hawaii, it's a great place to go visit, but would I necessarily want to spend the next four or five years there um what's the availability of my family being able to come see me play mm -hmm. on a regular basis so the rainbow warriors face a litany of logistical issues as far as trying to attract um recruit and most importantly retain top tier um high school athletes to their program and with that being said i feel like these are some of the major issues as to why they struggle as as a team I think they can definitely put up some numbers within the conference which they're playing in, but for them to ever be seen as a 
on a, on a national stage as a as a real contender, you know, they're just not at that level yet. Yeah, so so to kind of back up what you were saying here, when you think about Hawaii, they actually put on a lot of good football players out of that state, a whole right. lot actually. So you would think that their you know their their program there in state would be really good, but it seems that the players are like, I spent my life here, I want. I want to experience something else. They tend to go to like mostly like West Coast schools, but that's an interesting, it's an interesting thought right there because they really do put out a lot of good football players out of that state for sure. What's really awesome is the fact that, you know, just within the Polynesian culture mm-hmm. and back in your point, you know, you got big athletic, tough individuals that have made a, a prominent presence in the NFL, NFL. Um, and to your point, Utah's, Colorado's, um, BYU's, Oregon, USC, UCLA. So a lot of those, you know, main, mainland Western schools do actually benefit from the Polynesian culture, the type of football in which they're playing on the islands. But to your point, and as I said earlier, the university thereof just don't have the resources mm-hmm. at this particular point in time to retain that homegrown talent. And I think that's what we're seeing as far as the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors struggling um, right now a- as a team. You know, they were making some noise back in the early 2000s. Their head football coach was was a top-tier quarterback doing a lot of big things as far as throwing the pill around. Um, the university was able to bring him back. So hopefully for them, on on a positive note, because he was able to experience some team and personal success, mm-hmm. that level of magic hopefully is going to you know rub off on the university and that team. But again, it takes more than just one man. That that school, that institution, the the donors, the boosters are all going to have to be on the same accord. Because at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, college football is a business, and business is good for those that have already had money for those institutions that are still kind of struggling to keep up with, with the haves. Um, I think there, I think that that wealth margin, if you will, um, is going to get even greater, um, especially because of the NIL deals that a lot of these um, individuals, these athletes are able to get even before actually signing their national letter of intent. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, how the the Rainbow Warriors come into the big house, um, play in front of that 100-plus thousand, being able to play on that national stage. It's an 8 o'clock kick. So um, hopefully that they're up to meeting that challenge. But as I said before, the prevailing thoughts are the Wolverines are going to come in and hopefully do what the Wolverines are supposed to do. I'm looking for us to hang at least 50 on these guys. If the Hilltoppers put up uh, 49. I'm, I'm looking for us to, to hang some big numbers on the Rainbow Warriors. And that's not to, um, you know, belittle or beat these guys down. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping by the time the second half rolls around, we're getting our twos and threes, an opportunity to get in there, get some good game time experience, um, get a little bit more seasoning on them in game situations and come out with another expected W for, uh, for the Wolverines. Yeah, because uh... – the Wolverines are heavily favored in this game. In fact, I read that it's a, a record. You know, I know um, 
we won't really get into point spreads and things like that on this show. We don't need you guys coming after us like that. <laughs> but I was like, wow, they're 50, 51 point favorites. That, they must expect a big, you know, big game out of Michigan. And I looked and I was like, oh, well, they just lost to Vanderbilt 63 to 10. So right. I was like, okay, well, it's going to be a tough week here for uh, Hawaii. But with well, that, uh, and that's the interesting too, interesting thing too, though, you know, expectations. Mm-hmm. The target is now – well, the target's always on our back, right? We are Mich- we are the Michigan Wolverines. You know, we, we play in the largest stadium in the country. Uh, storied program, two Heisman Trophy winners, umpteen individuals in the NFL and Hall of Famers. So, with that being said, I'm looking for the type of game that we play. If we win, great. Yeah, we were supposed mm-hmm. to win. But how did we win? I want a clean game. I want us to play, you know, all systems go and making sure that we're doing the little things. Let's not be sloppy just because we feel like uh, the level of competition is somewhat beneath us. Let's play to the expectations of how Michigan football is supposed to be played. Let's make sure that we're getting getting the proper execution. We're taking care of the ball. We're wrapping up and we're being assignment sound on both sides of the ball and within special teams. J.J. McCarthy's getting a start in this game. So, as we're sitting there saying, we're expecting for Michigan to have a really good game. So, what does J.J. have to even do in this game to, I guess, take control of this quarterback battle that's going on? What's funny is this. I've been using this metaphor the last couple of days. People have been asking me about, you know, Kate and J.J. Kate, in my opinion, is the Honda Accord that you know is always going to start up. It's always going to get you from point A to point B, right? Got us to the Big Ten Championship, gets us to the win, uh, gets that monkey off our back against against that team from down south. So you know what you're getting in, in, in a Cade McNamara, right? But with J.J., and as I said before, this is a business. College football is a business, and it's the business of entertainment. Let's not get it mixed up between athletics and entertainment. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It brings the crowd out. Um, people are looking for a level of excitement. And JJ is that, you know, candy apple red Ferrari that, you know, has got the awesome sounding exhaust, able to do zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds, and all of these different attributes that one will look for in an expensive um, European made sports car. That's what people want at this particular point in time. So what, what am I looking, uh, to JJ to get what I'm looking from JJ is take care of the football, make the plays in which you're supposed to play. Show us that you have a sound grasp of the offense and that your ego doesn't outweigh your ability to make sound decisions on the football field. We have a young man that has a a wealth of athletic ability. We have a young man that has a wealth of confidence in that athletic ability. Sometimes that'll come back and bite you in the butt mm-hmm. because you feel like you can make plays that aren't necessarily the smartest plays. Um, I remember last year, I forgot the game, he rolls out to the right and throws like a 60-yard dart mm-hmm. across his body, across the field. And it, it was a completion. Football um, wisdom says we don't make that play because of all of the bad things that can happen. More bad things can happen than good, right? 
Um, so in saying that, when you make dangerous plays and you make them successfully, it furthers and boldens you to continue to try to make those type of plays. And you can only live on on that razor's edge for so long before you eventually either cut your foot or completely fall off. So that's what I'm looking for out of JJ. Now, out of Cade, I'm looking for a level of emotional maturity. I, I wasn't really impressed with Cade's body language in his press conference um, at the end of the uh, CSU game. Mm-hmm. Arms crossed, you kind of see that almost annoyed look on his face upon answering some of the questions. So you can tell that that pressure is kind of getting to him a little bit as far as, hey, I won a Big Ten championship last year as a starter. Now, all of a sudden, why am I still finding myself fighting for my job? So I'm hoping that at least once the preseason of of this season concludes, that the Michigan staff will be set on who our starting quarterback is going to be. Now, my fear, I know Coach Harbaugh definitely likes to to, uh, reward his veterans and take care of the veterans, if you will. With that being said, does J.J. stick around for that? The transfer portal is going to be huge probably within the next two to three weeks with guys um, picking up and, 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 and changing helmets, so to speak. So I just want to make sure that we are able to keep a talent like J.J., keep him satiated enough where he feels like his worth here as a quarterback, not just a guy that – takes the snap and runs the ball, but as a quarterback that he feel like that he feels like that his skill set is definitely holding a high level of value here down in Schembecker Hall. Now on the flip side of that, if we're gonna go with JJ, let's make that early so that if Cade decides to enter the portal, let that young man figure out what's going to be the best place for him to land upon leaving Ann Arbor at mm-hmm. this point. Um, let's let's continue to a. I salute you, Cade. Um, but we definitely feel like we we are going to be able to get more bang for our buck running with JJ at this particular point in time in his career. So you know we appreciate everything you've done for the program. Um, we wish nothing but the best for you. Hopefully you land on your feet where your athletic and quarterback abilities are going to be able to be best used. I agree. Just. Like I was saying, let's just say J.J. goes out here and has a stellar performance. Does this help Jim Harbaugh get any closer to a decision here? You have two good quarterbacks. I feel like him having a good game is also just creating a bigger problem because now we're going to go into week three and people are going to kind of start expecting like, well, who's the guy? And I, I have this feeling like it's going to still might be some uncertainty going after after week two. It depends on what type of game. JJ has mm-hmm. JJ has a boring yet successful game. Um, I think that continues to pose a problem as far as who do we who do we go with, right? You know what is differentiating JJ from K? Now, if JJ goes out there and just lights it up, both running and pass, making good decisions, taking care of the ball. Um, rallying the troops, you see. And that's another thing I think a lot of people don't take into consideration is how effective is that quarterback in the huddle? How inspiring is that quarterback 
to his teammates. Um, one of my issues that I had during the Colorado State game is when we took that sack. And, you know, as an offensive lineman, I'm always watching, you know, my fat kids up front. And when our right tackle got beaten, just, you know, not the best of technique, but what I found even more concerning was his lack of concern with his quarterback. Kade gets sat, he's laying there on the ground, and I'm watching the tackle's body language. Doesn't even go over there to try to help his guy up or to get, you know, opposing players off of him. Kind of looks over, turns around, and walks in the opposite direction. For me, that was something in which hopefully our offensive line coach addressed um, within the O-line meeting room. But that also kind of raises some flags as to if that was J.J., mm-hmm. You know, our guys running over there to his defense, hey, get off my quarterback type deal. Um, I'm not saying that this is the case, that guys aren't playing hard for Cade. I'm not saying that there's any um, trouble brewing in the locker room. It's just an observation of what I saw and what I know normal offensive line culture to be, especially if I'm the one that gave up the sack. I'm going to go over there, hey, my bad QB, dust you off. Let's get the next one. I got you covered on the next one. But that's not what I saw out of that particular player after that play. So just something in which I want to keep my eye on as far as our quarterback's ability to rally the team around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, for media guys, I mean, it's great for us. We have something to talk about. <laughs> but this is not a second week we're talking about it. And this is how 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 much longer is this going to keep keep going on? So Hopefully we'll get some crystal clear answers here in the next week or two about the quarterback situation. But for the keys to the game against Hawaii, we'll go to Rob. One, get the playmakers the ball. Let's get Coram, Edwards, Ronnie Bell going early so we can get them in and get them out. Two, make a national statement. Like last week when we played Colorado State, we need to do the same thing if not more this week. Hawaii is a less formidable opponent than Colorado State. So we should have no issue putting up 60s or 70 points there and being really able to stay within that top four there in the country. Three, stay healthy. These trap games like this, they often lead to injuries. And you can see Ronnie Bell last year with him blowing out his knee and gone the entire season. We have to stay healthy. Let's get these guys in, like I said, in key number one. Get them going, get them going early, get them out the game so we can get our second and third teams in so they can sustain and get some experience there. Stay healthy. Let's get out of here with a big victory. Go Blue. Thanks for that insight, Rob. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Under the Wings Helmet. Thomas, as usual, it's great talking to you and hearing your insight into the program. For Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Simmons. Go Blue. Go Blue. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.